Hey beautiful, every generation has an ideal body type. Right now, I'd say the small waist, full hip, contoured face is the in thing, right? But do you know that statistically at any given period, less than 10% of the population in the whole world fits the mold of the ideal body? Yet as women, we fight so hard to have a perfect body, in air quotes. Evelyn Levasseur speaks to us about redefining and healing our relationship with our bodies. You are listening to the Africana Woman Podcast. I'm your host, Chulu. You can find out more about me on AfricanaWoman.com. Every week, I ask an Africana woman to invite us into her home to give us a snapshot into what happens behind her closed doors. I hope you will join me on this journey of discovery, revelation, and self-awareness. I'm not going to lie. It may become uncomfortable sometimes. However, I encourage you to push past your unease and challenge yourself to think differently. The simple act of expanding yourself to receive the unknown may be transformational for you. If you're new to the Africana Woman podcast, welcome, 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 my darling. Go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss all of this goodness that we share every week. To all the regular listeners, thank you so, so much for your continued support. Do you know that we are a few episodes shy from the 50th? I said it, the 50th episode of Africana Woman. I want to invite you to help me celebrate this milestone by sending in a voice note. Please include in your note, you know, what is it that you love about Africana Woman? Why do you listen to it? And what has it done for you? So, I would love to just compile all of these voice notes and make a special episode, which will be the 50th episode. And I'm hoping that you will help me to create this episode. You can send a message on our hotline, which is plus 260-978-470-395. I'll say it again, plus 260-978-370-395. Four seven zero three nine five. So this is a WhatsApp line and it means that you can send us a voice note, you can type it out, whatever you feel comfortable with. So I cannot wait to hear from you. Please make sure you do it today. I'm so excited. Okay, so today we continue to discuss the notion of love yourself. One of the things that we consider as self is our body. And when you actually think about it, our bodies are under attack from a very young age. I mean, how many of you grew up watching your mother jump from diet to diet? Try remedy after remedy just to lose weight. Did you ever understand what was an acceptable body. And then, on top of it, you go out into the wild (laughs) and you meet relatives, you meet the public, and they begin to label you. So they'll say things like, 
skinny, fat, too tall, so short. Like, give us a break. Our guest today, who is Evelyn Lavasser, she helps women create a healthy relationship with their bodies. I'm telling you right now, you will want to take notes for this one. So get your pens, get your notepads. This one is so good. Please enjoy our conversation. A taste of culture, an Africana woman. This is her story in her voice. is the owner of Evelyn Lavasa Fitness, a company that focuses on helping busy, overwhelmed moms reach their body goals without dieting or deprivation. You know, she's talking my language, guys. After almost 19 years of dieting on and off, Evelyn realized that focusing on food and exercise was just a band-aid to the real issues that were bringing on weight gain. She teaches her clients to eat in a way that keeps their bodies healthy and feeling satisfied, no more restriction. Again, talking my language. <laughs> Evelyn, um, Evelyn wants every woman to know she can want to change her body and love it at the same time. Most importantly, Evelyn knows that if we want our children to grow to be strong, self-loving, and confident, we must be willing to live that for ourselves. Evelyn focuses her conversations around the idea of leaving legacies of health for our children and the generations that follow. Evelyn is a transformational speaker, nutrition coach, certified group and personal trainer, and has a specialization in behavior change. She also has a BA in psychology and a master's in education. Evelyn, welcome to the Africana Woman podcast. I am so excited to be here. I'm ready, ready, ready for this conversation. Me too. Oh my goodness. First of all, this, like I was reading that, um, your bio and I was just like, so many things resonate with the things that we value in um, the Africana women community because we value generational wealth and building that generational wealth. So when you said generational health, I was like, Oh girl, yes. You know, we don't want to, we want to be giving them some, a legacy that they will, um, they can build on and not be starting from zero, you know? And I was like, Oh my God, I love that statement. And then the other statement that I love is you can want to change your body but still love yourself. Because I think people get yes. conflicted in that. It's like, oh my gosh, there's so many places to start. Okay, Evelyn, yeah. where are you, my darling? <laughs> Let's start there. <laughs> I'm in the US. I'm in Connecticut. And so for me, it's about 1.30 p.m. What time is it for you? It is 7.30 p.m. Okay, yeah. 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 But you know, I, did, I don't know if you know this. I went to um, school in Connecticut. I was at New did London. You? Yeah, I did. I did not yeah. know that. Yeah, I was um, at Connecticut College in New London, so spent a good five years there, so it was fun. How amazing, that's about an hour from my house. Really? Oh. Yeah, yeah. 
Amazing. How cool. That's so cool. That is so cool. So Evelyn and I are P2P sisters. We're Purpose to Platform sisters. And I absolutely love and adore her and the work that she does. Listen, guys, when she was talking about, you know, <laughs> not dieting like forever and ever, but really understanding your body and what you need, I was just like, I need to mm-hmm. have Evelyn on the Africana Women podcast because so many women are struggling, Evelyn. They're struggling with their bodies. And it's 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 interesting because um, we're in a series where we're talking about uh, loving yourself, you know? Like if we just take it straight from the um, the 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 what you call it, the sorry, I'm like blanking. If you take it straight from um, God's commandments, right? The two that he left us with. <laughs> he said, love it. he wants you to love him with all your heart, mind, and soul. And then the other one was to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Now that as you love yourself, that's where people really struggle because the one of the first things that is really attacked is our bodies from a very, very young age. Mm-hmm. So I would love for you to tell us your story. What was your story to really um one loving your body and loving yourself i i'm i'm i I really think that that's where we should start okay i i want to first say that that thought of loving your body i feel like brings a lot of shame to us because we feel like we should just love our bodies and we want to just love our bodies but because we've had this negative messaging from when we were little it's difficult to look at ourselves and not be negative or um just just full of guilt and shame so I feel like the journey has to start a little you know less intense than love you know you when you meet someone else you first get to know them you start to trust them you accept them for who they are and then love follows later and I feel like rebuilding our relationship with ourselves has to be the same way We have to focus on learning that self-trust. We have to accept ourselves where we are for who we are. And then that love follows suit. So I feel like if we alleviate a little bit of that pressure, like I should love myself, I feel guilty for not loving myself and just know that this is a process and a lot of unlearning, the, the love will come, but it doesn't happen first. That is so true. That is so true. I think it's, I know certainly with my story, it's definitely been a journey and years long, (laughs) you know, it's not even like, oh, like three months ago. No, no, no. This has been such a long journey. And I was telling you um, before we started the, the call that, you know, Um, this week has been so interesting because I have had these um, sort of like God winks and just moments of revelations of, you know, how far I've come in terms of how much um, I love my body. On Sunday, I was looking at a picture of myself. Actually, it was Saturday night, really late. Um, I was looking at a picture of myself and the, the first thought that came to my mind was like, wow, I love her. And had it been five, six years ago, that would not have been the first thought in my mind. I would have been dissecting, oh my gosh, the picture, like the eyebrows, the the this, the that, you know, all of these, finding all of those negative things first 
And then, but then even when I was saying I love her, I wasn't loving the image. I was saying that I love who I have become, who mm -hmm. I'm becoming, you know? And it was, it was, it was so, it was such a, it was such a powerful moment. And I, 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 I just, it really just took me um, back to like how far I've come on this journey. So I, I, I totally agree with you when you say that it is a journey. Mm -hmm. And I actually, um, I, I have a, a little um, uh, WhatsApp group and um, I send out messages on Sunday, like inspirational messages. And I sent okay. one out about um, that, that same night. I wrote it straight away. Um, and I said, the best decision that I ever made was to choose to be me, you know, and it was, and I was talking about how, you know, I think when we're younger, we have, for me anyway, I, I really um, was very, um, I had a strong sense of self. But then, you know, I got to my 20s, my 30s, and then I'm, I'm, I was like trying to reach all these timelines and things like that. And then I just got lost and I was like trying to be everybody else, you know. Um, but one of the things to coming back to myself was that I had to decide one, I had to date myself. Mm. So that goes to the knowing yourself, right? And then um, as I began to date myself and really understand who is she? What do you know? What do I like? What don't I like? Because a lot of times <laughs> it's easy to say what you don't like, but then, you know, what do you like as well? You know, and really begin to dissect all of those things. And, you know, with the building boundaries and all those kinds of things, it's been, a, it's been such a, it's been a journey. It's been a long journey mm -hmm. and I'm still growing. It's not that it's yeah. over, but um, like I said, it was, I just, I find it just amazing. Like these, moments that we can come together and have such a, an interesting mm -hmm. conversation around this but okay enough about me girl <laughs> Tell me about I, I wanted to say also just one thing you just brought up something else for me a minute ago you said that you know the, the bible wants us to love our neighbors as we love ourselves and we we don't do that either in a sense we tend to look at other women and you know, look at them with compassion and we expect mm -hmm. them to practice grace in their lives. And we are there for our sisters and we lift them up and we tell them how amazing they are. And then when we think about ourselves, we immediately go to what we look like. You know, we give mm -hmm. this compassion and grace to everyone else, but we won't extend that to ourselves. And I think that's the biggest detriment that we have toward ourselves is we won't, we, we will treat other people better than we treat ourselves and we will love them unconditionally but love ourselves with conditions mm. and that's a big mm -hmm. shift that we need to make mm -hmm. yeah yeah but so my true. okay so my journey I feel like has been a very layered journey um I feel like my lessons came hard fast and then incrementally harder and faster so <laughs> when when I was very young I can say like um I was very fit. I was very athletic. Um, and I got a ton of praise for my body so much that it became a part of my identity. So when I went away to college and I gained that freshman 15, um, I feel like I lost myself because who was I if my body wasn't being complimented? You know, I, I wasn't, even though I was a very strong student and I was a, a great kid and I was, um, 
you know, a, a good daughter and a friend, that wasn't what people focused on. And I didn't realize also that constantly getting those compliments left me always searching for validation from everywhere that didn't come from inside of me. Um, and that's where my dieting journey began. I was 19 years old. I tried my first diet, loved it because it felt like I was in control. I could just do what this person tells me to do and I'll get the result. Therefore, I'm just going to keep doing this. Um, and really that ended up being what held me back all those years because failed diet after failed diet, I never realized that what that diet was promising me was a sense of control, but really the only way to combat control is with trust. And I didn't learn that until much, much later. Um, but in, in all that time, I also married my husband. I was 27 when I got married and my husband wanted kids immediately. And I was like, oh, hold on, I'm not, not, not there yet. Give me a little bit of time. And <laughs> again, thinking I'm in control. Um, when we decided to try, I did get pregnant very quickly and I lost the baby very quickly as well. And, you know, the doctors explained this is normal, 20% of pregnancies end this way or first time pregnancies. Um, so we tried again and I got pregnant, I stayed pregnant and I lost that baby as well, much later in my pregnancy. And I remember I, I found myself like praying just, I know that I am meant to be a mother. I know, I feel it in every bone in my body. I am meant to be a mother. Um, and you know, it, in that time, you just, you get to a very dark place and you feel very outside of yourself, you know? And because, because I had been pregnant and I felt that baby moving and I felt this connection and then for it not to be there, it builds kind of a disconnect and a distrust for your own body. And there's a part of you that also feels defective. I felt defective as a woman. I felt like I was letting down my husband also, you know? Um, so it, I mean, it took a lot of very deep conversation, meditation, journaling, praying, crying, just a long time of deep self-reflective work to get us to try again. And a year later, we tried again and I got pregnant very quickly. I stayed pregnant this time. And even though I could see my body change and, you know, people would tell me how I was glowing, I, I didn't let myself get excited. I was terrified because losing a third baby, I, I thought would break me. Um, but in February of 2010, I had my baby girl and I remember, oh my gosh, I, I can picture that moment. Like it's right here. The, the doctor put her next to my face and it was like, I felt my lungs fill, my heart filled. Like I was breathing for the first time in a long time. And I promised God, I remember I'm laying on that table and I'm promising God, like, I'm not just going to be a good mom. I'm going to be an exceptional one. And that's when I vowed to like, raise my daughters with intention to raise them knowing who they are and how valuable and worthy they are and to raise them to never focus on what they look like and rather than compliment their exterior to always focus on their character instead. Um, 
And I did that. I was very good at, you know, teaching them healthy habits, but there was still a little bit of a disconnect. And I can tell you like, so the journey, yes, was me focusing on teaching them all that, what I thought was strength from the inside, but I was doing that verbally. A part of me was still living like I, I wasn't worthy of those same feelings. I still felt like I was not enough. I was a great mom, but I would just push myself to the side and feel like my journey is now to make sure that they are strong women eventually. But I was still living like I wasn't enough. And it, it was when my, I remember this picnic very, my whole world blew up this day. I, we were at a picnic. I had two daughters now um, with my husband. We served the girls lunch and a woman says to my 10 year old, honey, if you want to keep that figure, you better lay off those burgers. And yes, my face did exactly that. Um, you're like in shock, but then a part of you is feeling this rage because I spent so much time and energy into not making her think about her body. Um, and I don't think that this woman meant harm to my daughter. I just think that that is true testament to how, how much we focus on our exterior, all of us across the globe, generations looking at ourselves and this unhealthy negative relationship with food. And that day is when I was like, wow, we as moms want what's best for our daughters. And we tell them they can be anything in the world but we still teach them to shrink. We still teach them that smaller is better. So our lessons are confusing. We're telling them, I want you to strive for everything that you can be. I see so much possibility in you, but I want you to get there by fitting into this little box. I want you to not be too loud. I want you to not ask for things too directly. I don't want, you know, I, you're gonna get judged. Stay small, don't eat junk food, like all these things. So I realized literally in that moment that if I wanted my daughters to grow and be strong, I couldn't just teach them lessons verbally about strength and health and love and resilience. I had to show it. I had to stop thinking that my lessons were verbal and start living because for them to grow, to be a strong, confident, self-loving, self-loving woman, then they had to see one in action. And everything changed for me that day. I, I was able to stop focusing only on food. I started to focus on what I loved about myself, about all the things that were important to me. I literally listed them and said, you know, I, I want to be a, a great wife and a great mother. And I want to be impactful. I want to help other women. And when I listed all the things in my life that were important to me, my body didn't even come out on that list. Like when I look at it now, it is the least relevant thing about me. It, my body and my size are completely irrelevant to who I am. And it was the more that I healed inside, the more that my body just followed suit because all of my choices before that were rooted in 
fear and judgment and searching for outside validation and guilt and following rules and guidelines from everywhere else and not trusting myself. So it was breaking that control, turning off the outside noise that was able to get me in tune with who I am, who I want to be, how I want to show up in the world, the mother that I want to be. And then I could see my body just changing consistently the more I healed inside. Evelyn, you just preached a whole word. Okay. <laughs> I love it. I was like, girl, come on. So you know what? I think if you're on um, the very early stage of what it means to you know, start this journey of coming to a stage where you love yourself, you know, flaws and all. I always say love yourself, flaws and all, right? Mm -hmm. um, I don't think people will understand. I, I think it's very difficult for a woman to understand or accept what her body is, I, I guess, to say meant to be, right? Mm -hmm. Because and like you said, there's this, there's this um, culture of small, 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 but what if your body isn't meant to be small? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and I feel like the, the, there's this conflict in, in women's minds about, you know, I'm being told that I need to be small, but this is where my body's supposed to be. I don't know. What would you, what advice would you give to a woman who is trying to come to terms with what feels what is right mm -hmm. and i and i i i i get what you know i get what you're saying because you will feel it but i mm -hmm. think if there's there's the your mind is saying one thing but then your body's saying something else mm -hmm. <laughs> i think also there's also that part that makes it more of a disconnect because we feel like we should be able to do it and we should be able to do it right now like why can't this just happen i want this now because it doesn't feel good to not feel good. I, I know I've, I've felt that for a very long time. I think that if you start looking at it as data, right? The, the thoughts and the images that we have of this body that we should have do not come from us. When we came into this world, we innately knew what we wanted and needed. No question, Even as an infant, who is completely dependent on another human being, they know what they want and need. They know when they're hungry. They know when they're full. I, I, I nursed my daughters and I remember um, they just turn their face. They're done eating. And when they're ready to sleep, they sleep. It's not until adults and television and movies and social media and friends and family start giving you these shoulds that you start questioning your gut. You know, you, I, in my house, when I was younger, it was a matter of you can't get up from the table until you finish all of your dinner, right? So not that my parents meant any harm in that, but it did teach me to ignore my body. I couldn't go with what I thought. I had to listen to somebody else. They knew better for me. Or you couldn't have a dessert if there was dessert available. You couldn't have that dessert until your food was finished. So not only were you ignoring your fullness cues, now you're learning that dessert is a reward. So now you're attaching an emotion to this meal, which someone like me who grew up that way, looking for rules outside of myself, 
it was easy to fall into dieting because dieting gives you a bunch of rules and it makes it feel like, oh, you know, th this is organized. I'm, I'm going to get the result. If I just do the thing, I'm going to get that result. But I think that if we look at it as data and we start to get a little bit logical, first of all, this idea of a perfect body, if you notice over time is constantly changing. I mean, back, you know, it was the, the ideal body was like Marilyn Monroe, voluptuous, curvy. And then, you know, you, you get into like the eighties, I think probably eighties, uh, you have like Kate Moss, very, very thin and long and lanky. And now everybody wants to look like, I don't know, JLo and Cardi B and stuff. When you start like, they, they put people on pedestals and they give them, they attach so much worth to their bodies. But when you look at it, there's literally data to support each of these um, time periods. And at any given time, less than 10% of the world's population fits the mold that is this ideal body. So why is it that we're chasing so hard to look like 90% of the world cannot look that way? We're, we, our bodies are not naturally meant to all be the same. And I think I think that's the beauty of it. We're not meant to look the same. We're not meant to be the same. There is no value in a world where everyone looks alike, you know? So I think, first of all, looking at it as data, and also, I feel like one of the biggest superpowers to turning off all that outside noise is to practice gratitude to practice gratitude for who you are because who you are has so much more value than what you look like. When I think about when I leave this world, not that I'm ready yet, but when I leave this world, I want people to remember my impact. I want people to remember how I made them feel. I want my daughters to remember the presence that I was in their life. I don't think that they will ever care about my pant size. I don't think that they care if there is cellulite on my body. That is just a piece of me the same way my elbow is or my wrist is. It's literally just a part of my exterior. And I think like another thing that I tend to, I always look at my body like it's a house, right? Like my home, I love my home and I love my family and I pour all my energy into showing my family love. Now, how could I possibly have a beautiful house and then be terrible to my family and to not treat them lovingly? The same way, how could I focus on having this beautiful, perfect body and then not treat myself with that grace and compassion and love that I deserve? Like I, if, if you're dieting and exercising, you're putting all of your energy into changing the exterior while degrading the interior while, while, you know, disrespecting who you are as a human being. Um, I think another part of this is I was kind of living in false gratitude, which is what I call it. Like I was very grateful for my husband. We have a wonderful relationship. I was grateful for the children that I prayed for, grateful for my home and grateful for my work because I love what I do, but I wasn't grateful for me. I was looking at my life like an outsider looking in. And I think that when I was finally able to say like, 
I am not just blessed. I am a blessing. Your heart changes, your mind changes, and you're able to put a lot less focus on who you are physically because the physical part changes and it's going to continue to change, but your heart is, is always going to be with you the same. Yeah, that is, oh, that's beautiful. I think let's talk a little bit more about generational health, <laughs> you know, um, it's, it's such a beautiful, beautiful thought, I think, because what are you having your children inherit, you know? Um, I was having an, another conversation about um, finances and they're saying that, you know, you, you can actually have your children inherit debt. And I was like, wait, hold up, <laughs> inherit debt, no. what? <laughs> can you, just, the, just the thought and the concept, that's crazy, right? And when I think about this in the same way, and I'm thinking, you know, there's so many things that we have stepped away from. Um, for example, I'll just I'll just give an example, like in uh, in in Africa, right? We have such um, a healthy diet, right? There's um, we will a lot of people, let's say in their homestead, they will be they'll have like you know their garden. So they will plant their vegetables and things like that, you know, and, you know, you literally just walk outside, you know, that it's organic, like, <laughs> you know, it's good. But then you have these outside influences that are telling you, oh, affluence and all of this stuff, you know, status. Well, that means that you have to be seen going to these um, fast food restaurants and all of this kind of stuff. And then you find that people are then shunning all of this amazing, healthy food. And I'm just like, guys, this is so good for you. Why are you, why are you rejecting it? And, you know, just the thought of this is this is you know the the way that our culture has has come up it that was something that our ancestors gave to us but then you know it, it's being separated from our culture to say you know oh you don't have to farm or whatever you know go out and eat all those you know fast foods and all of that kind of stuff and it's 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 so sad uh, i don't even know if i have a question i'm just like yeah, yeah. Just, thinking about it, it makes me so sad. It's true though. I see that here in that um, we have a garden in our backyard and I love, we don't have a huge garden, but I love like saying, okay, I, I made whatever, some uh, protein and girls go outside and we need lettuce and tomato and peppers mm -hmm. and stuff. And sometimes half of it doesn't even make it in the house. They just eat it on the way in. But um, I love that. And I love that that's teaching them a lesson. Um, but I do think even here um, in the States, there's a huge focus on things and, you know, monetary gain and I don't know, think that owning properties and cars and luxury items and chasing that life literally pulls you away from the very core of who you are and what you want. So that, that disconnect is difficult. And I feel like some of us are put here to break those chains. Like, I feel like 
when you go against the grain of what everyone else is doing, the work is difficult and there's judgment from other people and there's criticism, but nothing feels as good as going to sleep with peace in your heart. And you can only get that from yourself. Like nothing, no validation can ever come from an outside source for me ever again. I feel good because I feel good. If you don't feel good about what I do or who I am, then that is 100% irrelevant to me. It does not matter because I'm so grounded. And I think that chasing outside validation, luxury items and such like that just pulls you away from who you are. And it makes you not feel centered and it makes you feel like shaky. You can, your, your world can collapse at any time because you're not grounded in, in anything of, subs, of substance. You know what I mean? Um, but I do think that dieting plays a huge role in that because then not only are people searching for things, but they have this idea of a valuable woman. You don't often see a woman on television or, you know, representing a, a, a figure that looks like any of us. You know, this, this status comes with a small size and an expensive outfit and, you know, perfectly white teeth and a, a perfect tan and highlights. And um, it's just, it's, I feel like these pictures that we see of these very tall, thin, rich women is just a constant reminder to say, I'm not enough. I'm not enough. I'm not enough. And I'll never be enough. And I feel like that's what I struggled with for a long time because I always felt like I wasn't enough. I always felt like I was chasing this smaller version of myself because I needed so desperately for somebody to tell me that I was worthy, but I didn't feel it. So it's easy to fall victim to that. And that's why I feel like it's even more important to not only be able to recognize it, to stop chasing it for yourself and then to show your children what it is to live loving yourself, what it is to value what's in front of you rather than what's out there in the outside world. And I feel like that's where you start changing legacies. That's where you start changing, you know, generational pain. That's when you start seeing like, because you say you can, you can transfer debt through generations. I also think that you can transfer pain and, you know, emotional hurt and trauma. And I feel like the more that you focus on healing you and finding what you value most, the more you pass that on to your children. And, and let me tell you, to, to be able to see my children through my change is, is extra healing. To know that when I have different conversations with my daughters and I see them like, huh, they feel comfort in who they are because we value their opinions. We value what they want. Um, there's the little Evelyn that lives inside of me that heals as I move forward. And then there's the part of me that feels so full in knowing that they will leave my home one day and venture out on their own knowing who they are because I gave them that. So I feel like releasing the shoulds, releasing the rules, releasing the judgments is a gift to your children because you're giving them the ability to trust themselves. 
You're giving them the ability to feel comfortable in who they are so that outside sources can't break them. You know what I think is also an important thing that we need to normalize is one, our body changes and aging. I think, you know, for me, I know my experience, for example, when I had um, my son, I had my son when I was like around 23 and I had the cute, you know, body that I was told that I must have, you know, um, flat stomach, all these curves and all of that kind of stuff, whatever. Um, but when I had my son, then I had, I gained stretch marks and I just felt like I wasn't there was no way of redeeming my body. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, cause you could, I mean, if you have, um, you call them, if you have diets, right? You can um, get smaller or whatever, but then these were not going anywhere, honey. <laughs> and I was like, I was devastated, Evelyn. I was devastated, but I just feel that, you know, if we can have conversations or, and just normalize what it means to be in this body, right? It's going to change mm -hmm. and it's okay that it's going to change. Yes, mm -hmm. when you have a child, guess what? You get stretch marks, you, mm -hmm. you know, you mm -hmm. may gain a bit more weight and you know, you might not be able to lose it after that. You know, whatever, whatever the conversation needs to be, I feel like it needs to be normalized. Mm -hmm. and, and so that people don't feel, women don't feel like, oh my God, I made a mistake, like, mm -hmm. or that I, I, I don't know how to, how am I going to come back from this? <laughs> you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Because now, because then I was like, oh my God, I can never have a beach body. Where am yeah. I going to show this body? <laughs> yeah. yeah, even, even you know? that thought of a beach body, right? Like even that is something that's taught to us because right? hello, it doesn't matter if you're 120 pounds or 180 pounds, the beach still feels just as good. That water right? feels good on your skin because it's hot outside. The water does not care what size you are it, or stretch, yeah. even stretch marks. You know, 80% of women get stretch marks. Th that is nothing more than a badge to say, look at what my body did. You're superhuman. You make people, mm -hmm. you make human beings. Nice. Like that is, that is a privilege that I took a long time to understand, you know, I was still upset with the body that I had, even though I had the life I had been praying for. Like, mm. how could I have this life that I prayed and, and, and begged for? I begged. I remember many a nights arguing with God as if, you know, as if, <laughs> as if we were going back and forth in this conversation, you know, just, just begging and crying and, and then literally having every single thing that I asked for, everything that I asked for in this home and being focused on what I wasn't, what a disrespect to the prayers that were answered for me, you know? That's not to say, and I'm not saying everybody should give up and I'm not saying everybody should just not care about that goal because if you have a goal, a health goal, then that's valid. What I'm saying is that the only way to approach the process is with compassion and grace, because you're not going to hate yourself then. You're not going to degrade yourself into making better choices. It's, it's a process 
starting with, I deserve to be here. I deserve to feel good. The people in my life deserve to have the best of me and start there. When you can start shifting your mind in that way, your choices are different because you feel different. And then of course, yes, food and exercise are important, but they are not the only factors. I, I feel like we even ignore the fact that sleep and stress are almost as important, if not more important than food and movement. You know, so we are so focused on that outside piece. I'm just going to change my food and my exercise. And we forget that we are whole people with whole lives and responsibilities. And we need to address our whole selves, not just the food we're feeding ourselves. Evelyn, I love reading your posts on social, um, especially when you talk about your relationship with your daughters and how mm -hmm. you're so intentional about um, helping them navigate the space of, you know, becoming themselves and, you know, just loving themselves, trusting themselves, um, you know, going with their guts and their intuition. I just, I really do love those posts um, and just watching your relationship with them. And I want to ask you about interrupting the patterns. Because I think a, a lot of times we, we've adopted uh, ways of doing things and saying things from our parents, and they may not have known better, whatever it is, but then we want to change. Right now we're saying that, okay, I want to make a change. How does a woman begin to interrupt her thoughts and then also interrupt the way that she speaks? to her mm -hmm. children, you know, because a lot of times, um, you know, and even when you're a child, um, you know, maybe, you know, a lot of people were telling you things about your weight and all of that, and it didn't feel good. Mm -hmm. And then as an adult, you find yourself doing the same thing, even though you know that it did not feel good at that time, you know what I mean? But you're still doing it. And it's like, mm -hmm. but how do I get myself to stop? Mm -hmm. I feel like, I feel like as a mom, sometimes you get stuck in that. I don't want them to feel the way that I felt. So I'm going to try to prevent it. You can't prevent it with those same teachings. You're not going to prevent that bad feeling that you had by still bringing those thoughts into their heads. If you ever say things like, I feel fat, um, I wish my stomach was smaller. I wish I had legs like hers. You know, you're automatically teaching them if mommy's body is not good and I come from mommy, my body is not good either. You're, you're setting these thoughts into motion. So I think that one, recognizing the things that hurt you and vowing not to repeat them, but also recognizing how you wanted to feel instead. Like my parents were um, both from very large families and they had very difficult upbringings. So I feel that when they parented us, I have an older brother and two younger sisters. So there were four of us. They were very, very strict. And they had this old world thinking of 
you know, um, a woman needs to be protected. A woman can't really make decisions for herself, you know, so they were, they were super strict on me, which yes, I always felt loved, but ultimately I grew up feeling that I couldn't be trusted, that I had to be taken care of, that somebody had to tell me what to do. So knowing that feeling, knowing that when things got rough in my life, how much I questioned myself, then I have to be the one to change that for my daughters. Does that mean I do the opposite and let them do whatever they want? Absolutely not. But I take their opinions into consideration. When I am making a decision that includes them, I talk to them about it first and I hear them out. Um, when they have an issue, I even caught myself when my oldest daughter was having a, an issue that she was dealing with at school. And she said, mommy, what should I do? And I went to answer and I'm like, hold on a minute. I don't want you to do what mommy thinks you should do. What feels good to you? You know, so I feel like changing the conversation, knowing what hurts you or hurt you in the past and changing the conversation is how you alleviate them of the, those negative feelings you had. So even when it comes to their bodies, we don't talk about body. I don't talk to them about body. I don't talk to them about what they should eat. I don't talk to them about what they should look like. We don't have those conversations. We keep our conversations as simple as possible. It, it literally is this since they were little. Some food helps us grow. Some food is really yummy, but it doesn't help us grow. So we need more of the food that helps us grow. That's it. And we have sweets in the house, but it's a matter of stopping the conversation and instead living differently. So yes, we have salad for dinner sometimes, soup with tons of vegetables in it. But yes, we also will sit down and eat chocolate cake together. And we don't talk about like, I shouldn't have this. This isn't good for me. None of those things. It's just something that we have, we enjoy. And you take, if you don't, if you don't give it power, it doesn't control you any longer. Like, yes, we can have pizza and salad and it's yummy. And look at us sitting here together, cracking up at the dinner table. It's not about the food, it's about us. So I think that figuring out what it is that hurt you and being able to change the conversation is what enables them to move forward without that hurt from your past. What a beautiful answer, girl. Oh. <laughs> we are almost coming to the end of the conversation. It's so fast. So good. <laughs> I know, <laughs> I know. So in the Africana women community, we have a saying that is know your roots, grow your purpose. And I have some quick questions for you. Um, just say whatever comes to your mind. And okay. if you want to expand on them, actually, I don't even know why I call them quick questions. I'm like, please tell me more. What does that answer mean? <laughs> explain. Okay, got it. <laughs> so, yeah, explain. <laughs> so are you ready? Yep, I'm ready. All right, cool. What are you rooted to? Can you say that again? You cut out a little bit. Oh, sorry. What are you rooted to? What am I rooted to? Now? I am rooted in faith, family, and self-trust. Everything that I do mm. comes from there. 
Okay. And then what are your favorite ways to nourish your mind, your body, and your soul? I love to walk out in nature. I love to listen to podcasts and I love to laugh. I just, I love to laugh and to, to, to sit and, and be silly and giggle with the kids and my husband. Like it just, that makes me happy from the inside out. Love it. All right. Um, and do you have a weakness that has now become your superpower? Oh, this is a good one. I, I used to think vulnerability was weakness. And I never let anybody see me cry or feel sadness because, ooh, I judged myself so harshly for thinking that I was weak. And now I see that the more vulnerable I am, the stronger I feel and the more I allow everyone else around me to be vulnerable also. It's almost like letting that wall down is contagious and every it just breeds comfort and healing for everybody. So yeah, it used to be vulnerability felt like a weakness and now it feels like power. Girl, oh. love it. <laughs> All righty. And then what do you know as a certainty? I know, I know that nothing is promised for sure. So that I have to spend every day with intention in being present. And that's all that I can do right here and right now, every day. That's it. Mm. I love it. Ah, okay. So Evelyn, I know people are going to love you. People are going to want <laughs> to more about what you do and how you work with women. So mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about, you know, how people can reach you. Tell us about how they, um, they can work with you or if you're working on anything right now, mm -hmm. any projects, let us know. I'd be one to support you. Awesome. I love that. Well, I am on um, Instagram and Facebook at Evelyn Levasseur Fitness and I do one-on-one uh, -on -one coaching. We do work through a lot of the mindset stuff um, and then we get into that intuition and what I call the five principles of health because like I said before, nutrition and exercise are important, but they're not the only piece of the puzzle. Um, so I do one-on-one -on -one coaching. I am opening up a second cohort of group coaching in September. Um, and every Wednesday, if you're on Clubhouse, Nicole Roan and Danielle Washington and I do a wisdom and wine Wednesdays and you bring your wine and we chat on Clubhouse of all the things. And we get into a lot of like mindset, health, family. Um, and that's it. Awesome. Oh, I have so enjoyed having this conversation with you. I just feel like it's so timely, especially with myself and also with the community, especially as we're exploring this topic. I love it. And thank you so much for all the wisdom that you have dropped here. Like, oh, I've got like a page and like notes just scribbled. <laughs> I, <laughs> I have to come it. back to this and just <laughs> listen to it again and like, Ooh, that was good. <laughs> yeah. I so appreciate you. you having me here. And I so appreciate like that we're having this conversation because 
this is just my, my final thought. I feel like so much of these outside things that come to us, these judgments about who we should be is just a matter of, it's a matter of keeping us small mentally and emotionally. So making us feel like we're not enough is a way of controlling women as a whole. And I believe that in healing and letting that go, there is power. And when you find your strength inside of you, you feel unshakable. And I don't know if the world is ready for us to feel that good, but we're going to get there together. Yes, yes, we will. Oh, you see, I just love it. Okay, guys, you have to go find Evelyn and you find her links in the but please do check out she is phenomenal and i am just so grateful that she was able to take the time to come and talk to us so catch you next week thank you thank you come back to taste more culture on the next episode of africana woman said so much but this one this one she said we will love others unconditionally but we will love ourselves with conditions yo 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 that cut deep can i tell you that your family and friends love your personality they love your heart your intellect I'm pretty sure if you did a survey today and asked them, what do you love about me? Your body would probably be at the bottom of the list, if at all. Can I also tell you that you are perfectly normal? Your body is freaking powerful. The things that it is able to do are nothing short of amazing. Love the things that prove what your body can do. Love your stretch marks. Show off your gray hair. Love the darkness of your inner thigh. Love the wrinkle in the corner of your eye when you smile. Love the love handles, babe. (laughs) And love the cellulite. Sweetheart. You are beautiful. Tell you what, let's jump into marketeers. Marketeers, we are all selling something, so why not be the best? Get tips to fix your marketing slips. I am currently teaching a marketing class and I keep asking the ladies, what is your story? I believe that marketing is a conversation between you and your customers. And we all know the best conversations are those with the juiciest stories. People want to connect with you on a personal level and feel that they are contributing to a good cause. I think the world has become more deliberate in supporting businesses that stand for something important to them. So do you know your story? 
Evelyn's story was very clear. She had been dieting for 19 years, but when she had her children, and they were girls on top of it, she realized that she had to be an example for them to know how they should love themselves, to love their bodies. So she began to heal and redefine her relationship with her own body. Now, she coaches other women on how to do the same and leave a legacy of health. Powerful, right? So let me make it simple for you. Think of your story as a superhero story. Every superhero has an origin story, right? And the origin story says why they fight for justice. So... If you are the superhero in your story, I want you to answer these questions. Number one, what happened in the past that made you want to stand up for what is right? Number two, what is your purpose because of what you went through? Number three, who do you fight for? And Who do you want to protect? If you can answer these three questions about your business, you have a phenomenal story. And you should tell it all the time. Tell it to anybody who will hear it. (laughs) And I'm going to give you a challenge this week. I want you to share your story on your social media page. Okay, so Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, whatever it is that you use, I want you to share your story. And please make sure you tag me because I want to read it too and see what you actually came up with. All right. So that's your challenge for this week. Till next week. (laughs) Catch more Marketeers tips next week. Please find Evelyn on Instagram at Evelyn Levassa Fitness. Please let her know that you heard her on the Africana Woman podcast. And tell her, tell her what you learned from this conversation. Because believe me, I, I, I can't believe somebody can hear this conversation and not walk away with something. There is something that you learned. And if you are looking for a supportive community of entrepreneurs, please come and join the Africana Women Visionaries. There is a link in the show notes. We are doing the most. (laughs) There are masterclasses. There's networking events. We have a book club. There's a lot of stuff going on. So come and join us. We also have a mentorship program, which we just launched. So excited about it. Okay. So check out the Africana Woman Visionaries. This is your community. It is such a safe space to just be yourself and ask all of the questions that, you know, you'd feel nervous to ask in other spaces. So we're waiting. Now, I am very easy to find. My playground is Instagram and I'm at Chulu by Design. Thank you so, so much for being a listener. Please do subscribe, rate and review the show. This helps other African women and queens to hear about us. So until next week, know your roots, grow your purpose. Mm-hmm.